0: Our first sponsor of this episode is Coastal Leather Supply, created by Leather Crafters for Leather Crafters, supplying premium leather tools and all your other leather working needs. Specialise in vegetable tan leather such as Buttero, Pueblo and many others. They ship internationally and are trusted in the Australian and New Zealand leather working community. Visit CoastalLeatherSupply.com.au so welcome back to episode 21 of the Joseph M. Leather podcast. In this episode, I have three returning guests, Aaron from Anvil Hyde, Martin from Carswell Leather Goods, and Rob from Integral, and also one of the founders of Coastal Leather Supply. Welcome back, gentlemen.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having us.
0: Um, nice to hear. So one of the reasons why I called this, uh, this meeting um, was, so you posted something on Discord some time ago, Rob, about how, you sort of stepped away from social media and really focused on your website and that sort of stuff and you increased your sales and I thought that was very interesting as you know so
2: yeah um, so for me like my website I don't have like a standalone website my website is Etsy um, so I operate on a on a marketplace um, so when I say like I'm moving away to work on my website that's I'm working on Etsy. For me, um, but yeah, like we were talking earlier, how we feel like you know, some people feel like they see this big social media following, and that's how you get all your sales. But um, that's not necessarily um, how it's worked for me. Um, do you I'll, want to?
3: I'll like, chime in a bit, but I, I would agree with Rob for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the social media stuff only is probably like 15% of my sales come from Instagram people. The rest is direct contacts through my website.
0: See, that's like mm. in, it's like completely how counter-opposed how I think when a lot of new people, I guess if I would call myself a new person in another work, but especially like the business side of it, you think like you have to have like a huge following. Um,
3: yeah, it, it's a... Depends on your ego.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be fooled by the numbers personally. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you can have a look at somebody's followers and, and see 50,000 or whatever and assume that, um, that they're absolutely off their feet, but that might not be the case. And then you can see someone with less followers and, and they might be really busy. So it's just the way that you market, but I wouldn't necessarily equate followers to um, busyness or, dollars in the bank.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sales is a different thing. Yeah. So, I guess,
0: what would be your advice then, gaining that traction?
3: I'll let Rob go first.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, well, <laughs> for me, um, like, because uh, Etsy is, is very search engine optimizations based Um, that algorithm is influenced by how many people are just visiting your store. So for me, all I need are people to click my social media link to go to my Etsy and then Etsy goes, oh, he's bringing in a lot of traffic and then it feeds off itself, right? So for me, TikTok is my biggest social media game and I get a lot of, I got that initial boost from there that tipped me over the edge from like part-time to full-time. Um, but then like Instagram, I mean, Martin said just before that he had 15, probably 15% of sales through Instagram. For me, I think I've had two, maybe three sales through Instagram and I've been on there for like three or four years. Um, and it's cost me more in doing giveaways. Like being in the dog collars and dog leads, I get that many dog pages messaging me about, oh, we're doing a giveaway, can you donate this? And it leads to maybe five (laughs) dollars and no sales. No.
3: Exposure doesn't pay the bills, man. No, not
1: at all. Not at all. No. I I think you've got to realise that, you know, a lot of people that, let's say your average punter who's not looking to buy or just, just your average punter out there, they're looking at Instagram as a form of entertainment. So, you know... They're not necessarily looking at it as a shopping platform. Now it can do that. We know that it, you can buy off Instagram, but at the same time, you got to realize that probably people that follow you, they're probably just interested in what you do. They like what you do, but they might not necessarily be ready to buy. So you you got you got to hit you got to hit the buyers from another angle. I think, but it is it is good to have. Um, yeah, I, I would personally like to. I'm full-time. I, I do Anvil hide full-time and then some. Uh, and I'd like to be able to post more, but I just find that I don't have the time.
3: Yeah, it's a huge time commitment, man. Like Yeah. Running, doing social media posts. Like, it's you got to put time out of your day every day to try and work on it.
0: I don't think I've ever bought anything over Instagram, actually, thinking about it now.
3: Yeah, it's not, it's not a great platform for that, I, yeah. think. I think. What it- I generally use, like, Instagram for is to show people the behind the scenes sort of stuff, show them what sort of efforts go into making what I do yeah. and then they can get an understanding and then if they're like, alright, he puts a lot of effort in, I'll go to his website and then his website's just, my website's literally just a contact page, it's just mm. got an it, it's just contact, fill out a form, send it to me and ask me about a project, the rest of it's just pictures of stuff I've already done. Yeah. And that's where I get all my work. Yeah, People just go on there, they're like, all right, he does good work. I'll send him an email and ask him a question. Yeah. And that's where I get my work. So... Yeah, so you'd pr- you'd probably have someone that, that
1: probably has watched uh, 50, 50 of your videos or has followed you for X amount of months, they've seen that you're serious, they've seen that you can produce a really good um, product, and then they'll contact you. Um... Yeah,
3: yeah. It's a very slow burn process, I think, but... Yeah, who knows how much Instagram has like influence has on the final result of that, but mm. it's hard to tell, but yeah. I think it's a useful thing, but I don't th- I think people put a lot more weight into it than they need to.
0: Mhm. So uh let's or well, I guess let's about your experiences from going from zero to where you are now. So not so much the products themselves, but how did you advertise them to gain traction?
3: Let Aaron handle this. He seems to be the advertising guy.
1: Yeah, so I, I obviously, um, I obviously, well, not obviously, but I do advertise um, quite a bit. I've done it from from the start. I didn't do it right from day dot, but I pretty much did it. Um, I did a few months without advertising, um, trying to do everything organically, build up um, word of mouth, you know, and I, I was selling to friends and family and all that stuff. Um, but I still had a full-time job at that time and I was getting, you know, um, very little sales through that, um, mostly pity sales, you know, from friends or family. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to a friend of mine who um, is a copywriter. And um, I did a bit of experience in um, copywriting a few years ago as well. And we put together um, like a a a sales page, a landing page um, specifically for belts, um, which I, in the sales page, explained the difference between store-bought belt with the cardboard in the middle um, of the two PVC (laughs) <laughs> leather, yeah. you know, versus a full grain um, harness leather or a bridle leather or something, and I, I basically ran that. Started off with a very small budget per day, and and sort of built from there until the point where I could quit my job, and and I did that back in October.
0: Yeah, well, like I mentioned before, your it, it's it's very successful because it's on like my I, I see you on my Instagram, my Facebook, I see you on Google. Um, Yeah, I mean
1: that's because it's targeting you because you're interested in leather, so it knows your it knows your interests. Yeah. Um. So it it is targeting you.
0: I know. Also, another thing as well because uh, they say that to have your picture of what you look like on your so people know what you look like because it's easier for them to. uh, Well, I guess because they so they can see the person behind the product. That's one thing I'm um, I haven't done yet. Yeah, man,
1: I, I would I would do that if I mean if you're yeah. looking for for things like that, you want yeah. you want people to realize that it's a person and not just a large soulless company.
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah. when I've when I've seen those ads of yours, like it's you, like you're on the the ad, so it's a uh, you know you see okay, like you know someone you know is someone makes this, this one person, it's not you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was
1: a little bit hesitant to do all that at the start, but honestly, the more that I do it, and the more that I'm honest about being a small family business, to people love friends, it. They they absolutely love it, and they need that. You know, people are over buying from Kmart and Target, and they'd rather support a family business. And, and yeah, and I think it's it's worthwhile doing it if you if you want to do it. I mean, there's
3: hundred ways to skin a cat, but mm-hmm. I barrels. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk no, over okay. you, but I was talking to, um, uh, what's his name? Isaac Francis. I don't know if you know him, I.E. Francis. He's in Brunswick. He does, yeah. um, like, wallets and belts and bags and stuff like that. But anyway, I was talking to him a while back, and I remember I'd looked at his Instagram and stuff, and he'd never posted a picture of himself. He'd just done photos of his products. Mm-hmm. And I remember chatting to him saying, you need to post pictures of yourself, man. Like, get, beyond, get in front of the camera, and it, like... Show yourself, because I know you're a one man job. Show your face, show yourself sewing and doing doing some stuff like that. And I remember, he, like he straight away he went out and did it, and his followings just increased like crazy because people can actually identify with him. Yeah, you know, and he's just doing. I think he, he's he's taking it a bit on board, and he's he's doing really well now. Well, he was before, anyway, but he's doing better. I think, yeah, it does does make a difference. Mm. Yeah, um, but it's it's hard, like, because I'm an introvert. I don't like being in front of the camera. But yeah, I think a lot of leather workers, ah,
1: I mean myself included. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like you get into it because you like just being in your studio by yourself.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I think it does depend on um, your type of product too, though. Like Martin, your your what you produce is like, such high quality it's so memorable that in a way it's almost got a face to itself
3: yeah <laughs> oh well that's
2: nice well, <laughs> you know what i mean like as soon as you post something i go oh, i know who's posted about it. like that's martin's work right yeah. um and we'll talk about that with uh low tide leather in the states like his branding's re- and his style's really on point um where people just go i see the picture and i know it's him right yeah mm. Yeah, it's so, a very you know. I know for me, like my my stuff is sort of, it, it doesn't really stand out on its own, right? So I'm really purposeful in trying to put more story behind the brand because that's what I'm selling more than the product, if that makes sense. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Have any of you done cold calling before?
2: I actually think like some people would benefit from doing something similar maybe not full cold calling but approaching it could be like a a distillery a local distillery or something and doing a run of stuff for them um which is similar to cold calling but a little less cold i guess Or hmm. mm-hmm. well, you could approach say a, a
3: boutique shop and say hey would you mind stocking my products that sort of thing yeah yeah um yeah i, tr- I tried that once i didn't It's not successful in my (laughs) market. I I tried it once with a shop near South Melbourne Markets and put put some wallets in there um, and not a single thing sold after six months. Mm -hmm. So I just went in and collected them and and sold them privately through my Instagram, I think. It was just a waste of time.
0: Well, that's the thing, because they all want to cut as well from when you have stuff in stores. Exactly, yeah.
3: 40% of your, like, handmade... You know? yeah. The retail markup makes it, you know, out of most people's reach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Best, best to just, honestly, yeah, my, my probably one thing of advice would be just put the effort that you're going to do into visiting other businesses and going around cold call it, whatever, and put it into your website and put it into your advertising and just get your own store absolutely humming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you'll be busy enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then, do you think, it's probably a very broad question, that social media is overrated? Like, obviously, it has its place in some regard, but uh, in the main Leathercraft thought, I guess, is it a bit overrated?
3: Mm, It's a hard question, but uh, I'll, like... I like Instagram for the community um you know there's a lot of people on there that I wouldn't know without Instagram, so I like it for that mm. um, and it's good to have a bit of a chat about stuff that I post, you know someone will ask questions about this and that, and that's it's a good bit of interaction with the community like so I like it for that,
0: probably going back to the start of the year. Yeah, my knowledge that I had then compared to now is, like, so different, and especially being in that Discord group, I forgot forgot who, actually, was it you, Rob, who invited me? I forgot who actually invited me into the group, but it's been such a huge help because you hear different people, like, oh, I use this leather, and this is my view on this leather. I've got this tool, (laughs) you know, this tool's not that good it actually sort of helps filter some things. So you're not really uh, out there having to buy leather, test it out. Oh, I don't like this sort of thing. Um,
3: yeah. It's insane how much you guys are into leather <laughs> on that discord chat. <laughs> oh. Even I, even I don't know half the leathers you're talking about. <laughs> so, um,
1: yeah. I nice. need to get into that discord thing a bit more. I, I honestly wish I had more time to do it. Um, yeah. It's a big time drain. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll reply to people that message me on Instagram. I don't have a TikTok or anything like that. Um, but um, it is good to have, especially if they're people that you can trust and you know their work, you know, getting their opinions like you can on Discord. That's pretty invaluable. For
3: mm. sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, Rob, actually, what's your experience? I'm sorry, I keep coming back to this, but what's it like having such a huge TikTok following? <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, how many followers of, have you got, Rob? It's like 190,000 or something like that.
2: Yeah, about that. It's That's like a country. Uh, not, much, uh, not much has changed, really. Uh, it's, it's less uh, interesting than what it looks like, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people on there, it's, it's like we're talking about with Instagram. People aren't there just to look. They're not there to shop. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and they, and they love to look and they love to click on your link and explore who you are and what you've done and things like that. But the the sales aren't really there. Like you get it like occasionally you get some and that and that's fine. But it's certainly not enough to sustain yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting. Even with that many followers, it, it's not enough to to go full time. Yeah. Like
2: it's, it's a different niche, right? Like it's yeah. so it did promote my etsy and then etsy boosted my algorithm and and that's probably what pushed me over the edge um it's hard to say because at the same time i really reworked everything um but i think i've just pulled up the image of what i shared uh like a month or two ago um that probably explains it really well my my revenue had gone up three percent this is all based on 30 day windows so my revenue had gone up three percent from last year but my visits were down 70%. So I had less visitors and more revenue this year, and this year I haven't focused TikTok. Like I haven't posted in a month and a half right now. So I've got less visitors and the same amount of money for less work, right? Because I put into my search engine optimization on Etsy because it's a marketplace, so I need to compete with other people um last year like my conversion rate was like 0.1 i don't I, it was probably lower i don't think etsy records any lower than like zero point something so um mm. uh, because there were so many visits and you know they, they they do turn into sales but the sales are coming from etsy not from TikTok.
0: Mhm. yeah because um because you know how youtube came out with youtube shorts to sort of try and compete with TikTok. Because um, yeah. it, took, it took a while to actually come on my phone because it was it was available in the U.S. first and then I only saw it yesterday. It's actually there's a beta on your phone that you can use and I was thinking oh you know it'd be cool to do some shorts but even with even in the vide- videography sort of side there's only so much you can do like you know here's a hand stitch here's a um, here's a you know making a wallet y- you can sort of only do those videos until they sort of get too repetitive.
3: Yeah, well, and I've they've all been done before too.
2: Yeah, well then what's next? <laughs> Making that back... Yeah, so my angle to, to differentiate myself is, one, my medium. So I'm using TikTok and YouTube where they're 13-minute long videos, which I can't even watch for someone who's into, Insta- uh, into leatherwork. work. Um, or Instagram where they're just photos or they're, you know, four- or five-minute IGTV videos, the beauty of TikTok is you can make them as short as you want. So I've started to work out now if I've posted a lot of wallets with a lot of stitching, I'll start to post those videos as sort of 30-second long ones as opposed to the full 60 seconds because I know people have already seen it. So I'm trying to be snappier, get through it quicker. Mm. But that is something. It's like viewer – there's a there's a name for it. It's like viewer fatigue or something like that. Yeah. Um,
0: Like, because all the steps are quite similar, like, even if you're stitching, like, I don't know, a bag or a wallet, it's still, you know, a saddle stitch is a saddle stitch sort of thing. Um, Yeah,
3: unless you're doing, like, an ASMR experience of, like, slow-mo sounds, you should just speed up, like, just do sped up videos to show how much work goes into your stuff, I think. That's a good mm. way to do it. Yeah, which I've been yeah. I've been doing a bit of lately, and people like that because they don't have to sit through.
0: Oh yeah,
3: yeah. Minutes minutes of watching you do excruciating stitching or something. Yeah, is I that... think
1: I think a longer video is fine if you've got dialogue. Yeah. True, but if yeah. it's just background music and you hand stitching, man, you better put that on five times or six times, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> yeah. people. Are, yeah. I mean, they'll just flick through. They'll go to the next video, and that's it. You know.
0: Yeah. So. I guess we sort of covered this growing organically. <laughs> I don't know how you'd, yeah, how would you answer that growing organically? Well,
3: let me have a little, little go at this. So, my Instagram has grown entirely organically, right? Well, I haven't like done any seven.
0: Like, you got like seven. 000. Hardly any
3: promotions. I'll do it every now and again, just because it's been a year or so since I last put any money into it. But mainly, it's just. I started off the first year, I probably only had 300 followers or something like that. And then it slowly built up. And then I think I remember I was about, I was at about 4,000 followers and I'd been at it for years, three years or more. And then I saw like another leather worker start an Instagram and it was in Australia too. I'm not going to say who it was, but. Instantly within it was within about two months, they had five and a half thousand followers, and I was just like, "I've been doing this for so long, like does that happen mm-hmm. but then i but then I just looked at the comments, and that's a giveaway straight away, like how many of those are real followers um like he had five thousand followers within a couple of months, and he was getting maybe one comment on each post, you know. There's yeah. not much interaction going on there. There's something fishy. So there's there's ways, I guess, that you pay for followers um, and you just get bots or, you know, fake accounts that follow oh, you. I don't see the point. No, well, it's, it, it's more of an ego thing, I think, or a, um, a bragging sort of thing because, you know, I'll get 50 comments on a post or something, half of them are mine replying, but it's It's good interaction, there's a bit of back and forth, yeah, yeah. people giving me feedback and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you don't see that on people sometimes, even if there's they've got twenty thousand thirty thousand followers, they don't get that many comments, so yeah. that's mm-hmm. sort of what I value is that interaction mm-hmm. with the followers mm. yeah well if you look
1: at if you look at i mean if we're talking about followers, look at my followers I think I've got less than fifteen hundred and I'm doing this full time.
3: Mm, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, more,
1: more than full-time. I'm doing this probably 50 hours a week plus. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I guess the, the argument, well, not the argument, but the different methodology of, like, growing it organically um, versus um, paid, which is what I'm doing, is you can grow it organically, um, but it might take longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it it might be worthwhile to put a little bit of money into maybe boosting it to where you're getting sales but you're not necessarily getting followers like yeah i mean it's kind of what we've been talking about but but followers doesn't mean sales so what do you want more followers or to be busy <laughs>
3: yeah exactly can- well you're what i wanted to say was you're probably going for like bulk customers right you need more Absolutely. Number, numbers of customers is what you want because you're you're not you're not getting one one or two customers that are ordering lots of things you're getting lots of customers ordering individual things whereas on the other way around yeah like cuz I'm doing just custom stuff that takes a longer time to make i, I only need a handful of clients to keep me busy for months mm. so for me it's just about um, cultivating the right types of clients and mm. keep keeping them happy doing the doing right by them and that's it that's all i need to do because i know that you, we
0: when we spoke you said that like you really struggled at the start when what was the point where you you've it sort of you, you sort of hit that okay i can actually do this full time but i can actually make a living off this was it
3: well, I didn't make a living off it for the first two years.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I was going backwards for sure, trying to do. So I started off trying to do wallets and the same stuff I see most people when they start doing leather work, trying to think of the new, latest, and greatest wallet design that you think you're original with. But then after a while, you figure out someone else has already tried it. Everyone loves that. I think like
0: most people yeah. who've listened to the pod that podcast, they love that part. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Yeah, you're not original. No matter how original you think you are, every possible wallet design's been done, and that's what I was trying to do. And I was trying to do it quick. I was trying to do it fast. I was trying to do like laser cut leather. It's all just a waste of time. You know, if you're gonna use a luxury product like leather, just do a good job of it. <laughs> I think that's sort of. And then I just I just started getting interested in the trade craft sort of too. You know, like the technical stuff. And that's still what excites me is, like, getting that super technical detail down. And so every time I go in the workshop, I try and outdo myself. Like, every single time, I'm trying to beat the last technical thing that I did and try and do it better. Mm. And, I don't know, that's just sort of a little game I
2: play with myself. Chime in on that with Martin. Um, Mm. Recently, Martin sent a guy to me and he, Martin, you messaged me and said, I don't want this job because I don't think I'm going to learn anything off it. And I think that's (laughs) how you offer and what you do. True. Yeah. I
3: get bored easily. So, um, yeah, I think that was, was that the one for the um, coffee machines? (sighs) It was either that or the, the cop
2: wallet guy. Ah uh, yeah yeah yeah. I think it was that one. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, when I, when I made that that little handbag, I was like, I feel like Martin were Like I spent like ten days working on it. I was like, okay, this <laughs> is what it feels like to be Martin. Like, this <laughs> the stress, and I was like, I was thinking of that natural veg tan briefcase you made, and like you can't get
3: any spills on it. I was like, oh, like, I'm so glad I'm using blue leather, not like. Yeah but, yeah, um, oh, it's getting a bit too much, you know. Like stressing myself out all the time. Yeah. with these custom things, trying to prove myself to myself that I'm good. Um, I don't know. I, like, I think at some point I'll try and back off a bit and just do good quality work get that's some, not super some fancy. Get yeah, some just, Oh, well, I don't know if I'll ever go that far, but, um, <laughs> you know, just... T- tone it down a bit, yeah, and and actually start making my own products mm-hmm. to my own designs, where I don't have a client telling me what they want, because that's not right, often, right. often the best, res- like what I would consider the best result is not what they consider the best result. So I'll I'll do what they want every time.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but yeah, it's not.
1: not but they often don't same. understand uh, the ins and outs of what makes a good design necessarily. <laughs> Just because they're no, paying that's doesn't true. mean they're the expert. Like,
3: <laughs> no, that's right. But because they're yeah. paying, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll do. You have yeah, to. You have That's right. I'll fulfil their needs first. Yeah. That's a good point actually.
0: Um,
2: so Could I um, just maybe ask you guys, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Martin and, and you're like a low-quantity guy yeah, and really larger. Order with one customer, mm. Aaron. You, so, you, and you're trying to do higher numbers with higher yeah. numbers of customers. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's just worked out that way. But yes, that, that's that's kind that's currently what's working for me. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm sticking to it.
3: <laughs> it's yeah. pretty
2: smart. Then, yeah. so, but for me, my I'm working more with businesses than people. Um, so I'm getting one order for a high quantity of items so I think it's good that we've, we've kind of got like three different approaches here that's why I picked mm, these sorry. three <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah 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 so tell us about your approach Rob oh like that, that's it you know like I I target businesses um, yeah. and just doing things to help them with their branding of like my the thing that's always in the back of my mind that I try to bring forward in my copy is that I'm trying to lower the barrier of entry to leather to people so they don't have to spend thousands of dollars for a leather wallet and they don't have to buy a fake leather, you know, $10 dog collar from Kmart. Yeah. Mm. True. Yeah, so some of your
3: stuff is clicker die, right? Like where you can manufacture, essentially.
2: Basically, all of it is except for, like you know, the desk mats. Um, yeah, yeah, odd custom job. Yeah, and even belts. Like I click out the um, the buckle hole. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that would save time for sure.
0: Um, you have you have to get the uh, like you get plastic stamps done. Rob? I get brass. Oh, do you? You get the brass ones for your clients. You don't...
2: Nothing uh, Nothing drives me more insane than waiting a week for a stamp and then breaking it. Yeah. So. Plastic stamps break, do they? The acrylic ones, if they've got finer lines in the the, um, in the design, if it's quite a fine line and I've got to do 100 or 200 coasters, it uh... might break on the...
0: Makes sense. Because I've actually thought about doing that, um, Rob. Like approaching a business and being like, "Hey, can I make you coasters or, you know, key, key rings or keychains or whatever?" So, like, how do you like approach a business? then? so, what's sort like what's your what's the pitch you give to a business?
2: So I don't approach anyone. They I get them through Etsy with um, my keywords that I optimise for. Um, so that's just, I just target like, I know my target audience is mostly, um, companies. So I just target towards them.
0: Yeah. Yep. How, how did you come up to, to, to go into that market? Because uh, that's a market that you don't really think about. You're like, I want to make a wallet and sell the wallet. <laughs> I don't think of, well, actually, because you, originally you were doing dog collars and.
2: Yeah, so my my dog collars I don't do to businesses. Um, they're they're definitely done to individuals. I've had businesses approach, but they just want ridiculous market uh, markups. It's like what we were talking about before with stockists wanting, you know, to sell something for thirty dollars and make twenty five dollars profit off it. Like, mm. it's not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I don't know. Um, I don't know about you two guys but I like my direction has obviously shifted as I've developed like I didn't start out going I want to do business to business um, but I got a lot of orders in and I went man that's easy and my focus like I enjoy leather work as much as I enjoy building a business as much as I enjoy SEO as much as I enjoy accounting like so it's all a part of the hobby for me yeah mm, yeah
3: yeah it's what drives you everyone has different drives <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, definitely like I think I've changed directions as well over time. Rob's changed directions. I've had those business people message me, email me. So now I'm sending them to Rob because <laughs> I don't want to do them. Um, Thanks, man. So, yeah, no worries. Well, you know, I don't want to do 200 belts or 200 wallets or something like that. I, like even five wallets is too many, bel- too many wallets. Just mm-hmm. let me do the one-offs and the. Yeah, that's what I enjoy. Yeah, cool. If someone came to you and said, I want 200
0: briefcases. I'd well, say no chance. Really? Not even all the hand-stitched
2: ones? You no, mean, no, no way. way.
3: Oh. I'd go mad.
2: Ooh. Louis Vuitton comes to you and says, we're going to make you the world's number one briefcase designer. You're saying no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. No, I reckon you would. That's different, though. That's not just you have to
3: hand-stitch 200 briefcases. That's different. Oh, design briefcases. Because that would be fun, True. Um, but but yeah, making two hundred briefcases is a very different proposition. Yeah, you don't understand the tedium. Like two weeks to make a briefcase. There's a lot of boredom in those two weeks. You know, yeah, it's a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, there's a you know thirty plus hours of hand stitching. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot. <laughs> Some very sore That's fingers. Funny. No, I don't get sore fingers, but just use a sharp all, and it's all easy.
0: Mm. <laughs> Our second sponsor of this episode is Artisan Son. Artisan Sun Leather Care products were created for crafters in mind, not corporate greed. The son of all the artisans who came before him, Artisan Son Australian premium wax-based products, handcrafted using all-natural ingredients. Their top selling product is their Leather Conditioner. Unlike other leather conditioners, Artisan Sun Leather Conditioner is wax-based, made the old-fashioned way, to ensure your leathers stay looking good for generations to come. Artisan Sun also has its signature Leather Heritage Oil, which is ideal for rehydrating dry leather, and is an excellent tool for using pre and during leather dyeing. Got dirty leather, Artisan Sun also has a range of cleaning solutions, from genuine horsehair brushes and natural oil-free leather soap. Protecting metal from surface rust, Artisan Sun Metal Conditioner keeps metal protected from oxidation, all natural and petroleum free. They also stock fabric wax, wood conditioner and the Heritage Leather Care Kit containing some of their well-known products to clean, hydrate, seal and protect your leather goods. Check out their products which have seen generations of use at www.artisansun.com
1: somewhere in my copy veg, vegetable tan or veg tan and they were like you need you need to drop this term because people think that it's uh ple- like vegan leather when you say vegetable yeah. tanned yeah
3: yeah for like, sure yeah
1: the, the average punter does not know the difference so you, you've got to dumb it down three times more than you think that you should
2: yeah yeah i would say veg tan is probably the most overused word in leather workers marketing yeah because right. it's done translate very well.
0: Like the word uh, Italian leather, like when when you think of Italian leather, you think of like high quality.
3: Because sure. I see this a lot, right? Dudes <laughs> who are trying to do like nice wallets and stuff or whatever, they'll go into excruciating detail of the the type of leather from which tannery, the, the size thread they use, things like that. No one cares. You just you're using jargon that no one cares about just say it's really nice leather and you stitched it by hand and you did a really good job you know that's that's all people could really care about mm. just don't don't you know no one cares that it's buttero or it's this or that just just tell them it's really good quality and they'll believe you you know cuz it probably is you don't have to go into the jargon it's just the hobbyists who care about the jargon mm. yeah and they're not buying <laughs> <laughs> exactly they're making their own yeah exactly they just want to know what you're making
0: like terms like handcrafted i know that that's sort of one word that i tr- it's good to have like a search engine result you know put handcrafted etc but but yeah, i but... mean
1: that's when instagram comes in because you can actually film like a process and speed mm-hmm. it up and they go oh it is actually handcrafted like he's yeah. he's made it from scratch
3: yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Aaron posting photos of him with his family, showing look, this is just a one man operation. Another you know, element, is, yeah, that's an element yeah. that shows that it's not done in a factory.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's who's handcrafting it too. Like, is in it, it could be handcrafted in a sweatshop somewhere. So that's one hundred percent. Doesn't really translate.
3: The other thing too is the use of machines, right? that's like poo-pooed by a lot of Puritans. But there's some dudes who are doing amazing work with machines, right? Like mm. sewing machines, for example, like Niwa Leathers. like he's, he's, He uses a sewing machine on everything, and it's incredible <laughs> leather work. Mm. Like Nichols in London, his briefcases and everything, all machine stitched, incredible. Um the fact that he uses a machine just means he can make more products. Mm-hmm. You, know, a, the, you can argue about the quality of a saddle stitch versus lock stitch. That's fair enough. But is a briefcase really going to get beaten up like that where it needs a saddle stitch? Probably not. But I don't know. Like, and then you've got machines, right? So the simplest machine is like a wedge. A wedge is a machine, and that's a knife edge. So when we're using knives to cut leather, we're still using machines. You know, you, it's all just jargon. And when people, I don't know, people say people, I've seen people say that not a single machine touched this leather work. And I'm like, well, you used a knife. That's a machine. Just, just say that you you took a lot of care when you made it, and just get that sort of message across. You don't have to get into pedantics like that. Um, yeah, that's one machine that
0: I would actually really would want now is a, a bell Skyver because there's so much things that you are limited by not having a particular machine. You know, like, I would love yep. to be able to just, you know, do some turned edges and just like stick it through the bell skyver and just not worry about having to do it all by hand or, you know,
3: briefcases or, um, gussets, um, for sure is yeah. a good one to have. Yeah. Um, it's a time saver, but it's good to have the hand skills to back it up. Yeah. Um, as well.
0: Should you have a better website, do you think? Like, have your website
3: fine-tuned
0: to really, like, if you had to choose a really good social media page or a really good website, you would put all your effort into your website first to then sort of worry about that.
3: In my experience, yes. Website yeah. trumps social media. But I don't speak for the other guys. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it would be different. Um, I
1: would I would agree with Martin, but at the same time, we're two di- different businesses. Where he's got one customer that's coming to him, and you're probably sitting down and you're having a. I mean, you'd spend what a month with a customer.
3: Yeah, pretty like, much. Like, about a month it's like the backpack um, I just did it took me five weeks to make it and we talked for a couple of weeks before that and it had been gone since February and I only just finished it last week did, yeah <laughs> did you do so. a prototype for that no it, you didn't wow okay no, no. you'd be here February 23rd yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly like you can't don't, who's got time to make a prototype of a bag that takes five weeks to make yeah yeah it's just you just got to get in get it get it done trust yourself yeah. Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, to, to continue, I, I think, well, for me, I I put my effort into the website because I advertise my website. I don't advertise my Instagram. I, I, I couldn't really care. I do have Instagram. It, it's fun. But at the end of the day, a website, I want that thing to be really pumping because I want the general Australian to go, oh, I've got to buy a dad a gift for his birthday coming up. I'm going to get him a belt and then then type in Australian belt and my website comes to the top. That's yep. what I want. So I'll yep. put all my effort into making that a reality. Um, rather than trying to do it through Instagram because you know the 60-year-old grandma of of four isn't on Insta going yep.
3: and she's not going to find your you know DMs and message you and ask you for the price of a belt and then organize a sale through that like it's just clunky. Yeah. You can't like it's really clunky. Yeah, so I'm tr- I'm I'm thinking what's multi-generational. If
1: they can handle Google, then they'll find me. And that's my yeah. t- my little angle, I guess.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Cuz I've noticed that on Shopify on the uh on the app you have, you actually have like a like SEO sort of you have like an SEO section and I've never touched it before cuz it's like I'm sort of new to that. SEO sort of thing like how does how does that work you just have to do you make an ad and then
1: oh like 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 basically Google likes certain things on your website it wants it wants you to constantly be updating it wants mm-hmm. other people's websites to backlink to your website It wants fresh stuff. It doesn't want copied text from somebody else. It'll it'll find out that it's copied, and it like it wants original text. Um, It wants visitors. What else did it want? It it, the keywords are probably the main thing. So you know, in in your headings, um, you know, for yourself, you'd put um, you'd put uh, Joseph M Leather. What's your Russian reindeer? If they type in Russian reindeer wallets, you're the first on the list. Yeah, I'm not going yeah. to come up on their list.
0: Well, you need to physically you're...
3: have that text in your website somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like so in the, just... it doesn't have to be in the top, like sort of anywhere the... on your yeah. website, it'll pick it up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, cause
1: yeah. Cause I, cause but I'm... it's better in headings, and it's yeah. better in second version headings and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, because I've I've been on like a website on Google, and I've just seen like Anvil Hide else on the site and it's like how does he get his stuff like
1: <laughs> oh that's just through shopify mate that's um yeah shopify's got a, i don't know if do you, any of you other guys run shopify martin no. you don't do you? No, no. <laughs> yeah okay so you've seen that you can it's just yet you're, you're adding these apps in shopify and oh, um, yeah it's just got this really easy google app and it's like I mean, I'd just been running ads on Facebook, and it was going okay, but I kind of have the feeling that Facebook's a little bit dying. I feel like people are getting over it because of all the political and mm. so I went oh, I want to diversify some of my advertising and i i, I tried putting some money into google and so yeah, I just set it up and put a little bit of money in, and then suddenly you got those ads popping up on the side of mm. the search engine.
2: That's yeah. all it is. With the search engine as well, with Coastal, we really focus our optimization around blog posts. Um, That's a really good way to target specific keywords. So, Vinimo, Buttero and Playblow are three things that last year we said we want to rank number one on Google for. And so, we built blog posts centred around that. Um, And that's insane, like... We have more visitors a week from the United States looking at Buttero leather than we do Australian viewers, right? Yeah, Just right. because, because there's more of them on Google. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah cause, that's really cool.
0: Because yeah, because I was like, oh, that's actually really good. Because I thought like blog posts were like dying, and and it's true because like when I've typed in Buttero, you're like the first person that sort of comes up. Or like Pueblo on Google. That's actually really good. uh...
1: Yeah, so he's ranking really high for those keywords. Yeah. So anyone that's seen a Buttero wallet on, on, um, let's say, Little King Goods' Instagram, they go, oh, I know the word Buttero." They'll put that in, and then suddenly they're at his website buying stuff.
2: Mm. Yeah. The, The, yeah. uh, The thing with blog posts dying is that they have died, basically, for people. Like, for me, it, this sounds really harsh, but I couldn't care less if people read the blog post, if they get anything out of it. For me, it's purely to rank for a keyword. That's yeah. an issue with Google and a user experience issue that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I'm just utilising it to help grow a business.
3: That's yeah.
2: smart. Yeah,
3: it is smart. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I think website optimization's is awesome. The only thing I do is upload photos every now and again when I've got another, yeah, you know, few few projects I've finished, I'll just put some photos up, and I'll notice that week or next or that week or two after I've uploaded them, I'll just get flooded with people asking for custom, you know, because that just that one little update of a website is enough to bump my SEO higher, and then I'm just popping up in everyone's Google searches. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if I really wanted to be getting more clients. I'd be updating like every week, but you know, my books are closed right now, so I don't need to do it. But... Is
0: it, is that, does that help better if you actually have a physical address to your, um.
3: As long as, I think if you have the keywords in your website, like Melbourne, Australia or Adelaide, South Australia, if you put that on your website, that would come up in a Google search.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, it it can also, you can also,
3: you can, sorry.
1: You,
2: you go, go Aaron.
1: Oh, I was see, just gonna say
2: you. you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out. It's all you. It's all you. Um,
1: I was just quickly. You you can rank on Google Maps as well. You know, yeah, uh...
0: yeah, yeah. That so, one.
1: So you can get in the map pack. So when somebody searches Adelaide leather, you're in the top sort of thing. So that's another area. Um, yeah. That's all I'm yeah. saying.
2: Yeah. Mm. I I forgot what I was going to say, but I just wanted to add something to the SEO with the social media and ranking on Google for that. Um, Before we came on, Martin was talking about, uh, was it the EcoStick 1816C? Yeah. Yeah, so I Googled that and someone's Facebook post came up. That was the first thing that came up on Google, a Facebook post. Now, it's harder to rank, but you can rank just through social media posts it's just really difficult yeah uh.
0: yeah I've I've actually typed in um you know leather and I've seen Facebook posts from it because huh. no one's writing about it. well actually yeah because I've typed in you know leather and you'll see you know leather reviews from like a company saying oh yeah here's our leather like the leather that we have in stock um interesting okay
2: yeah, you, you have different types of blog posts. Like yeah. some are targeted towards customer attention, some are towards branding, some are towards SEO. The vast majority are going to be for SEO. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Dude. do you just rank for anything else? Sorry, the like you said, um, Australian belt was that one that you were ranking for? Because that's huge.
1: Oh, I, I I don't actually know if it is those keywords. It's something like it's something like that, and. I'm not at the top or anything, but yeah, it's something like, um, handmade, handmade leather belt, men's Australia. Like I'll be in there somewhere.
2: How do you um, check that? That's unreal, man. Oh yeah. yeah yes you I, are.
0: You're, you're on the first page of Google. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. You're seventh down. See this, what, like that's one of the things that does annoy me. See, that's
1: not very good.
0: What's this company? I'm not going to say the company's name, but you know, they're selling a, Still a veg tan belt, but uh, is it an uh, ad though? Because yeah, you know how yeah. you can
1: pay for ads for the top three. Oh,
0: can you? Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll say sponsored or
1: yes, yeah, so yes. Yeah, it... Ad. So there's not much you can do about them because they're paying money, so they're not. Mm. They're just going to beat you every time. But when it gets down to the organic ones, um, if you if you can get close to the top on that, you're laughing. I mean, seventh down is not good. It's not good. People people aren't scrolling that far. And if you're on page two, forget it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one ever goes to page two. Yeah. yeah. I think you want to be top three um, is what I've heard. But it's very oh. hard to do. If somebody's got like a, a pole position and they've got all these backlinks to their website and they've been blogging for 10 years, it's very hard to knock them off the perch.
2: Hmm. The drop-off is really drastic. It's like for the top. Number one spot you'll get seventy five percent of clicks. number two is like fifteen percent, and then right. you're in the single digits from there. There's just yep. like are there any clicks? yeah
0: so that so when you so when more people visit your website, that will just bump you up. Is that how it works?
2: That's oh, so yeah. complicated
1: yeah, yeah there's, there's, but, but when you're talking something as broad as belts or wallets, like good luck getting to the top. But a really general term like leather
3: backpack, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Can I change tack a little bit? Because we've been talking about social media. How about we talk about print media and getting, like, exposure through that? Because, like, I've never attempted it. It's possibly something I'll try and look into in the future. Like, I know print media is kind of dead, but there's, like, online print media. There's there's magazines and stuff that run online. Um. And I used to work next door to a knife maker, and his business basically went through the roof when he all of a sudden got published in a magazine Australian magazine online or no was it was it called design files something I don't know yeah. I've never heard of it, but right. apparently it's huge and he got published in it, pictures of his knives and stuff like that, and he went from overnight getting hardly any sales to just couldn't keep up had to close his books because he and then he had to take on employees and then just went gangbusters from there you know and so that's like he had a whole procedure down pat for getting yourself into print media and like so he had a press pack he had photos he had write-ups on himself um All that on his website, so people could who landed on his website could see that there was a press pack. Go in there; he'd have interviews done with himself, answering questions that they might want to put post in like magazines and stuff. And you know, that would happen often, and so that's where he actually generated huge amounts of business for himself, Mm. which I don't really see leather workers do. But I've actually oh, who who did I see recently? Is it heaps good Leatherwork? work? Um, I saw him um, in an article. Oh yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, yeah. So you know things like that, he'll get a big boost out of that.
1: Yeah, and that that's going to help his SEO a lot. Yeah, be- because it, yeah. you know if he's in an article of like a of a major um, magazine, <laughs> then that that backlink is going to be worth a lot to his SEO yeah um yeah I've never done the whole print media thing, but I've got a friend with a similar story, not in leather work but in um um in a similar kind of a different industry but yeah just got got in one magazine and then suddenly it was like he had to quit his job was just flat chat for months
0: <laughs> is um... yeah. So, so you'd write up, you'd write up questions, and then just send them off to a magazine, or would you just cold call
3: magazines? And yeah, so I think the cold calling stuff is what. Yeah. Um, what you do, you'd 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 have everything ready for them so that they don't have to do any work. Send them a press release. Yeah. Photos, yeah, it's basically you know, a press release, fire. interviews with yourself, your whole backstory on yourself, mm. um, photos. And then they just can run it because they don't want to do work. Hmm. I've never done it and I'm probably not going to because I'm already flat out. So I'll just, it's, you know, bet someone
2: trying to start a business, it's probably a pretty good option. Yeah, Home design, magazines centred around builders. A lot of display homes and things like that want um, really high-quality goods to put in the market, magazines, Um just to look good in their photos for their own marketing. Mm. Well, yeah. there's that other market as well as you
3: said, building. There's, I've seen a lot of businesses that are doing leather, like, handles on cabinets and um, things like that. There's one in Melbourne called Made Measure, and they do really good, like, draw pulls and things like that. But that's their whole business pretty much. Um, Getting stuff
2: impossible you know. too. What's that, sorry? Yeah. Getting screws for that is, like, impossible. If, mm. if, if someone has that, that's a fantastic niche for them. Yeah.
0: What about pamphlets? Do you think, or do you think they're outdated? Because I remember someone said to me, if you print off some pamphlets, I'll deliver them to people's letterboxes. Like, this was a family friend.
3: No, man, forget it. I'll deliberately not buy your stuff if I got a pamphlet from you because <laughs> they're so Ooh. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, Joe, is is your your,
1: your strike rate with a pamphlet, you're yeah. targeting completely cold, but you don't know what their interests are. They might be into classic cars. But with the internet, well, it knows what you're interested in. So it's going to find people that's interested in Russian wallets, like Russian reindeer or, or whatever. So that's the brilliance of the internet because you can kind of – it's just a digital
2: pamphlet. Well, I, I recommend people use keyword um, planning websites, is something you can utilize them for free, and you can find what people are searching for. You don't even need it; it takes the guesswork out of it, right? It just tells you this is ranking high. Actually, um, Google has one. Just use well, Google's got a built-in keyword planner. Um, Google Ads.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: But on the circling back to, I did a um, like snail mail is really. Uh, it's, it's so old school, snail mail, like basically sending out pamphlets. But you can do it in a modern way, and I have before that had really good results. All I did was pump out a bunch of key fobs with um, my logo on it and put in a, a little card saying, you know, hey, this is what we've been doing this year. Thanks for your purchasing and your support throughout 2020. Um, and then I sent it to every single customer just about that I had throughout 2020. Um, right. So they'd I, already bought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so they're, they're customers that are interested in you because that's the issue with cold calling is nobody's interested in you. So these are people who already put their foot forward and mm. at the very least they're going to put that on their um, keys or they're going to chuck it, you know, in a drawer somewhere and they'll rediscover that one day your logo's on it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good pretty point. Good, good point. Yeah, the other one that was a bit of, a bare bit of um, muscle work for that though. Um, probably it was borderline not worth it. But these days, I'd have a different process to speed it all up to make it worthwhile as well. Um, mm-hmm. But the the other thing I did recently that was a complete flop was I was lucky enough to. Um, be invited for this code souvenir it was called which was a unesco city of design so geelong where i am it's a unesco city of design whatever that means um and we had to produce this magazine full of like local artists and things that they've produced and i was lucky enough to go into that and they produced this beautiful magazine with this great write-up they put in all this work they had a launch evening great free food and I've had zero orders from it. So that's a huge thing. Like UNESCO City of Design, we are Australia's city of design. Our sister city was um, like Toronto or something. And, you know, this got distributed a lot and ended up with nothing.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, interesting, eh? Yeah, so it's pretty much, it's
3: just Google, man. Like if you can turn up on Google you're going to get sales, I think. Mm. That's where you're really going to get the money. Like, I just Googled handmade leather Australia. Um, there's a whole bunch of people I've never heard of on the first page. But then me yeah. and Aaron are on the second page. Ah, uh, poor cool, buggers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're not going to look in
2: there. One thing to be said about SEO is it is a time to yeah you can't put up a blog post and expect to rank the next morning um it'll it'll take six months and that's on like a blog post yeah mm, that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah that's that's something i didn't really know
1: but it makes sense doesn't it i mean those those older companies that have been you know essentially building their websites for 10 plus years um they're going to be in a better position than someone that's Fairly new,
0: man. I didn't realise how much it was, so much to it behind, like behind the
3: scenes that you don't see. I don't think I won't be on Instagram for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't put as much effort into it, man. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't sweat
2: about it. Mm-hmm. I'd just say, probably my like a closing statement on the SEO stuff is just go and do a course on it. Like I've done the courses, and it makes it so easy. Right. Uh, but I do pick up a Udemy or one of those like online short courses that you can do on your own pace kind of thing. Might be like four hours work. Mm.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, you kind of you kind of need a holistic <laughs> approach, don't you? So it's good to know that side of the business rather than just being an epic leather worker that can't sell his products.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so you wouldn't recommend like YouTubing how to do Google SEOs?
2: No, nah, no, nah, nah. there's a lot of bad out there that's contradictory. It's mm-hmm. like
3: YouTubing how to be a good leather worker or like find leatherworking skills on YouTube. You're not going to find them. Yeah. Good pe- pe- for good advice, people don't give it for free normally.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks,
3: Thanks for nice. having us. Yeah, so no worries. Yeah, enjoyed it?